Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, well, good afternoon. It's a wonderful Wednesday hump day. Uh, for coming down to it. And in my neck of the woods right now, we're experiencing the polar vortex. And you have to understand for folks in Texas, when it starts getting below 50 degrees, we just don't know how to handle it. I mean, we have our, our, our bits and pieces of cold here and there, but if it's below, if it's in the thirties for extended periods of time, like right now we're going like three days straight. I mean, the wheels start coming off. We, we start shutting down and it's the apocalypse. So uh, I hope you're warm where you're at. Uh, I got plenty of propane keeping me warm here and uh, I'm full of hot air to begin with. So I, I stay pretty comfortable, but we've got a wonderful show for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about legislation, proposed legislation right now that is really designed to water down your second amendment rights. Now I'm going to say this, if you live in America, you need to recognize um, the second amendment and firearms are part of our history. If you don't like them, that's fine. Don't carry one, don't own one. I have no qualms with people that don't want to do that. But for those of us that uh, the Second Amendment is near and dear to our heart, and that is part of why we're here and our ability to protect ourselves, do me a favor. Don't try to take my rights away. Now, I did the blog on the site yesterday. Uh, If you've not went to my site, it is theinformationedge.net. It's got about me, our advertisers, it's got the blogs, it's got show topics, government sites, the podcast library. Right now, each each week that updates, so you can go back. Not only can you catch it on demand on Voice America, you can catch it on the website. And yesterday I put out, it's 2021 and you still have a right to own a gun. Because I got to tell you something, if this past summer of love didn't get your attention, there's not a whole lot will. We've never had a year where we had government entities releasing criminals. So they said, hey, we don't want all these people getting COVID and passing it through the prisons, but we'll let them out on you and let you catch it from them. I mean, my God, Uh, defunding police and then still having the brass nads to tell people that are law abiding citizens, uh, you're the real enemy for wanting to arm yourself. You, you, You can't make this stuff up. Okay. You just can't. It's real life. We've all seen it. So these are things that gone through. Now I'm going to tell you something. When Barack Obama was in the house, and in case you haven't figured out, Joe Biden is uh, Barack Obama 2.0. Some of you, that's you're, you're happy about that. Um, some of you, like myself, we're not real happy about that. And it's not that I have anything against Mr. Biden personally. I mean, I, he's got some habits I think are a little creepy, but it's a po- these are policy issues. And one of the things that the liberals look back on the Barack Obama administration that they, they didn't do enough damage on was gun control. Uh, Now, I will say this, Obama, for his faults, was not a stupid man. He knew what buttons to push, what buttons not to push. He tried to find ways, for example, uh, uh, aka Fast and Furious, to cause problems. He didn't come out and do just heads-on, in-your-face legislation that was designed to go through. He put pressure on the banks. Uh, He said, I don't want you guys doing business with these people that make guns, make weapons, or make it harder for them to do do business. That's what Obama did. 
He did things behind the scenes and he pushed stuff. You might go, well, Darren, how do you know this stuff? Oh, well, guess what? We happen to have a couple of federal firearms licenses, have one for a dealer, have one as a manufacturer that we've gotten. And, and unfortunately, we never could get things off the ground. Then we're getting the gr- off the ground now. But I know the inside baseball on this. And Obama did things behind the scenes. He was a lot smarter about it. Well, right now, we've got a Congress, and I'm not going to beat on the White House, right? I'm going to beat on Congress right now. Folks, this is the most, I don't even, liberal is not the right word. Communist, socialist morons in charge of the House and split down the Senate. That's what these folks are. They're anti-American. They don't respect the Constitution. They want to see it go away. And they're trying everything that they can do. And they recognize they had an opportunity under Obama. And they, they feel that they missed their opportunity. Well, they realize right now there's a lot of things happening at state levels to secure ballot protection. Uh, you're probably going to see things change in terms of voting machines. They realize this could be their last hurrah, literally. Okay. And they're going to try to push everything that they can through. So I give you the first test of this, which is called HR 127. Now, if you go to the blog site, you start reading down the way that the blog site worked. I, I redid the blog and it changed some things. I didn't necessarily approve them. It just got changed. You go into the third uh, case. The first thing it'll t- come to is called the Cornell Law on the Heller case. Now, if you're not familiar with the Heller case, the Heller case was a landmark 2008 um, Supreme Court judgment that was basically against the uh, District of Columbia against Mr. Heller. I'm not going to go through all of it because it's very long. It's very drawn out. But the bottom line was the District of Columbia was violating um, people's Second Amendment rights. It was taken to court and, it, and effectively they got their ass handed to them by the Supreme Court. That's not the first time we've had litigation go to the Supreme Court. You've got United States versus Crickshank, Presser versus Illinois. Uh, bottom line is the Second Amendment um, is something that started one thing and it's expanded. And then there's been people try to push back on it. But if you go to that link, it will tell you some of the law history of certain lawsuits pertaining to the Second Amendment, the Heller case being a key one, uh, I've gone through. And you have to understand when that Heller case came through was the most recent one. Um, the absolute gun grabbers just went ballistic. They hated it. They didn't like anything that affirmed the Second Amendment. They've been wanting to peel it back and peel it back and peel it back. Well, so now they're looking at, well, how do we go after this stuff? So the reason I bring it up is recognize that anything that comes out of this Congress is going to be legally challenged, okay? So that there's a history right there in favor of the Second Amendment when it comes to rulings. And you also have, for the most part, we'll take John Roberts out of the equation. You have a Supreme Court right now that I believe would rule in favor of the Second Amendment as opposed to some type of lunacy that could come out. However, we don't want it to get to that point. We don't want it to reach where it has to come down. I will be blunt. Uh, my faith is still a little shaken right now in SCOTUS because they didn't have the courage of their convictions to pick up the issues in, the, in the, this election to give some clarity. Whether we would have agreed with the decision is not the point. They punted. I don't want to see that happen again. So I don't want to see any of these bills get to that point. So scroll down a little bit more, and then we talk about the HR 127 draft. You'll see that red clause there. You can click it. It takes you to the text. <sighs> and, you know, sometimes we've got really good people here in Texas that know what they're doing. And then sometimes we have people like Sheila Jackson Lee, um, who this particular draft of regulation 
would make Adolf Hitler proud. Okay. Didn't stutter when I said that. Didn't mince words. Yeah. It'd make Hitler proud. Now, we're going to spend some time on this. We're going to talk about what it's proposing, and we're going to talk about what he would actually, what it would do. And then there's some things people aren't aware of. There's a lot of misconceptions and lies that go about of what is required to own a firearm versus what is not required versus what you can do. And some of this is applies to this bill, and a lot of it is just a hyperbole that's out there. But you need to read the text because when you start reading the text, if if you're if you don't have to extract your underwear out of your butt when you're done with this, you're not getting the full effect of what's going on, okay? This should scare the absolute living daylights out of you that they would put forth this bill. So it is a bill. It's for the providing for licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms to prohibit the possession of certain ammunitions. Now, that's what the bill is. Now, you look when you look at these bills. By the way, this is if you go, you can go to Congress.gov and find any bill, and you can basically come in and you can find a whole lot of stuff to it. Over to the right, you're going to see more on this bill. There's a little thing called a constitutional authority statement. Now, the reason they put a constitutional authority statement in there, they know if they just put something out um, and they don't have any constitutional authority, it's immediately going to go through. Well, if you click that. The constitutional authority on this one says, well, we have the power to enact this under Article 1, Section 8. And Article 1, Section 8, by the way, if you don't have your handy-dandy pocket constitution, I recommend go buy you, – you can go buy a, a, a Democrat uh, station. You can go buy a Republican place. They're, you know, Every county's got one. They'll give you one. Article 1, Section 8 is many times referred to as the Commerce Clause, okay? The Commerce Clause is what was used as a reason to bring health insurance into the folds of the federal government. I'm going to read real quickly. I'm not going to go through all of it, but the bottom line is it will tell about Congress having the power, and it lays out enumerated powers, okay, through this, this page right here. And one of the things that I think they're trying to bring this interpretation of is provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union and suppress insurrections and repel invasions, although they can make they can make laws going through as a union. If you go and you actually read the Second Amendment when it first came out, the way it was, it says basically a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, very important there, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The original way it's drafted, someone could say, well, that only means if you're a militia. What's happened over time is states have recognized this is your right to bear arms beyond a militia, Okay. And that you've got law out there for it. You've got Supreme Court standings on this. Well, what Ms. Jackson Lee's trying to say is, well, we've got the right in here under the Commerce Clause to come in and regulate this. I would say if we're talking in terms of a militia, I would agree with that. If they came out and said, hey, if you own a firearm and we get attacked from within, you've got to come out and you've basically got to, uh, you got to take care of us. Well, you know what? I wouldn't have a problem with that. As a matter of fact, I think that's kind of a duty. It's a little known fact that's passed over time. When the U.S. was in the Cold War with Russia, one of the reasons Russia never invaded the United States, and folks, they came, they thought about it. Trust me, they thought about it, is they knew there were over 100 million Americans with firearms, and they knew they would never have an army large enough to offset that. Think about that. 
They would never have an army large enough to offset that. So in terms of the Commerce Clause, in terms of regulating a militia, I could agree with that. But as you're going to see as we start going through this bill, this doesn't have a damn thing to do with regulating the militia. This has to do with everything to do with taking away, not, on, not only taking away your rights to bear an arm, but they want to basically do a psychological profile to establish whether or not you're the right kind of person that they want to see in the United States. It's that serious a bill, and that's why it has to be stopped now. And a loud message needs to be sent. All right, folks, we are coming up on a hard break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. This is part of the Voice America Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. I'm going to get up, get some uh, water, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, welcome back. We are going over H.R. 127 as proposed by Ms. Sheila Jackson-Lee, who is on the House Judiciary Committee. Now, we were talking about what they referred to as constitutional authority. They're putting in the Commerce Clause. In my opinion, I think you're going to see more and more people coming out in the quote-unquote scholarly professions that will comment on it. It's a reach, but that doesn't mean that's going to stop them. 
Okay. So I think the constitutional authority is shaky at best. So let's get into some of the text. Okay. And the text is something that you need to understand is this is how they write this stuff. So here's what they want to do. They want licensing of firearms and ammunition possession. In other words, if you got ammo, they want to license your ammo. Register. You got, in other words, they're talking about everybody had to have a license, which is not a requirement right now. If you want to conceal carry or open carry, you can got to get a license for those. I don't have a problem with that. Um, registration of firearms, folks, that's just simply so if they can confiscate them. And the ammunition is now they want to know how much ammo you're carrying. Okay. So here it starts. The Attorney General, through the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, shall establish a system for licensing the possession of firearms or ammunition in the United States and for the registration with the Bureau of each firearm present in the United States. They want to know every gun that's out there. Okay, folks, remember, the Second Amendment was not established for the government's benefit. It was established so that the citizens could protect themselves from a government. Think of how we became a nation. We had to fight off England. Okay, yeah, we could have done it with pitchforks and torches, but you know what? Um, Those rifles and, and one shot guns came in handy. So the firearms registration system required information. All make model serial numbers, identity of the owner, date the firearm was acquired, and where it will where it will be restored. Now, understand something, what they're getting to in storage. The Heller case already established, you can't have someone keep their gun unlocked and keep a, a locking mechanism on it. That already infringes on your 2A. So this is kind of surrounded by this. Then they go under a notice specifying the identity of any person to whom, in any period of time, which the firearm we belong to. So if you loan your gun, they want to know about it. Deadline for supplying information in the case of the firearm required before effective date, three months. In the case of a firearm required after the effective date on the date the owner. In other words, they want basically immediately. A database. Oh, doesn't that make you just warm and gushy? In general, the attorney general shall establish and maintain a database of all firearms registered pursuant to this subsection. Folks, the ATF at any time can go into any dealer with an 01 FFL and ask them for every gun they've sold. There's paperwork you have to go through. Okay. And they can see it at any time. It is on demand. The reason they don't have a database, the cost of it would be astronomical, separate from the fact it's a violation of our constitutional rights. Access. The attorney general shall make the contents of the database accessible to all members of the public, all federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities, all branches of the United States Armed Forces, all state and local governments as defined by the Bureau. Now, why the hell would they want to make everything accessible to all members of the public? I don't want everybody knowing what kind of guns I have, what kind of ammo I have. That's not anybody's rights, but mine. Oh, but it gets better. A general license, except as otherwise provided. The AG shall issue to an individual to possess a firearm and ammunition if they've attained 21 years of age. Okay. I will tell you right now, I have an issue with restricting any type of firearm once someone has uh, hit the age of 18. If you were old enough to vote, if you were old enough to give your blood and your life for this country, by God, you should be able to take a drink and you should be able to own a gun. That's all I'm going to put right there. 
After applying the license, now this is the one that I hope you, if you're driving, you're driving slow, and if you're sitting, that you have already gotten your butt comfortable because this is going to make it crunch up. They want you to undergo a criminal background check conducted by the National Instant Criminal Background Check System under Section 103 of the Brady Handgun Violence Protection Act. By the way, that act hasn't been been enforced for over 20 years. And check does not indicate that the firearm of any, excuse me, the possession of any firearm by the individual would violate subsection G or N of Section 922 or state law. Folks, those laws aren't on the books anymore. And you can vote. Here's what the Brady bill does. The first off, James Brady was shot during the presidential assassination again, attempt against President Reagan. He was shot with a 22, a pistol. They went out and passed the, the, the Brady Act, which basically says you can't have a street sweeper. You can't have any semi-automatic shotguns and you can't have any AR-14s or that's the, the ARs. That's what the Brady bill was. It was non-renewed over 20 years ago, and the statistical evidence showed Brady had zero impact. Why? Because law-abiding citizens don't go out and shoot people up. Criminals do. And oh, by the way, they don't follow the law. Section two of this proposed bill, this one you're going to really like, undergo a psychological evaluation conducted in accordance with paragraph two, and the evaluation does not indicate that the individual is psychologically unsuited to possess a firearm. They want you to go through a psychological evaluation. Now, think about that. Why do they want to do that? Because if for some reason, if your political views are considered out of touch or out of favor, you have a mental disorder. Now, let me let you in on something right now. When the, when the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010 and made law and active in 2013, I happened to have read that bill because I was running for Congress at the time. And there was a section in the bill that's passed that states any medical doctor in the United States or any psychological doctor in the United States, if they have a patient in the conversation that tells them I've had a desire to kill someone, they've had suicidal tendencies, anything that could be considered mental health issues, by law, by law, that doctor or physician must report that to your medical information bureau. The medical information bureau is then accessed by the FBI, by the ATF, and the CIA. I will tell you right now, if you try to buy a handgun, you go into a dealer, they're going to do what's called a background check. Okay. It is required to buy a gun from a dealer. I don't give a rat's rip what you hear in the news. It is the law. Don't believe me. Go try and buy a gun. Okay. The only exception to that is if you have got a license to carry concealed or a license carry open because you've already went through the anal probe. But if you don't try to buy one today, they're going to put it in a little database and they're going to run some stuff. And let me tell you something. If you have reported any type of mental health issues, you can't get a gun. If you have struck your spouse, you can't get a gun. If you've had a DWI or a DUI in a certain period of years, you can't get a gun. That's right now. Okay. It's not in the future. It's not some discussion that's going around. That became out of the ACA. Why do you think 
Stop and look at the commercials right now that you see uh, from the health insurance companies that say, well, we want you to discuss your mental health with your doctor. Tell us how you're feeling. Do you think they're putting that out there for your benefit? Do you honestly think they actually give a rat's ass about your mental health? Hell no, they don't. They're, they're data mining, folks. Data mining. And if you come back and say, well, you know, I thought about blowing my brains out or, you know, cause I lost my job and lost my home, lost my wife. You know, people may, may think that. That doesn't mean they go and do it. Or you got really, really mad at someone that did a horrible thing to you and you came around and you said, man, I've got something I want to do. That doesn't mean you're going to go through with it. But I'm telling you right now, if you say that to your doctor, if you say that to your psychologist, okay, they by law must report it to the MIB. You are feeding them the very data that they're going to use against you. So this right here telling you that they want to do this, it's already being done. The only thing that they're not doing is actually having you go pay for the psychological evaluation now to get a gun. So know the facts. These are the facts of what's going on. So the fact that they're trying to make this everybody go take one is sheer insanity. Okay. It's absolute insanity and it cannot be tolerated. Now, then they get into different things, different types of weapons, but this cycle, then you get into the psychological evaluation. A psychological evaluation is conducted in accordance with this paragraph if the evaluation is conducted in compliance with such standards as shall be established by the Attorney General. The evaluation is conducted by a licensed psychologist approved, approved by the Attorney General. As deemed necessary by the licensed psychologist involved, the evaluation included a psychological evaluation of other members of the household in which the individual resides. Do you see where this bill is going? As part of the psychological evaluation, the licensed psychologist interviewed any spouse of the individual, any former spouse of the individual, and at least two other persons who are a member of the family of or an associate of the individual to further determine the state of mental, emotional, and relational stability of the individual in relation to firearms. I cannot make this up. This is, this is something out of a horror movie. This is, this is so Orwellian. It's, you sh- we should look at this and laugh. This would be something that Adolf Hitler would have rolled out to the people of Germany if they hadn't cooperated with him to be sure that they couldn't have hunted him down and killed him. Okay. That's how crazy this bill is. And the house judiciary committee right now, (laughs) they're looking at it to bring it out and make it law. Think about that. Absolutely looking out to make it law. Now they get into what's a denial of license. You get a lot of different, if they've been, if here's, here's the one that needs to scare you. If an individual has been hospitalized with a mental illness, disturbance, or diagnosis, get this, including depression, homicidal ideation, suicidal ideation. I guess that means you want to kill yourself, attempted suicide, or addicted to a controlled substance or a brain disease. Hmm. So bottom line is. Welcome to the Hunger Games. All right, folks, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We're going to take a break because I've got my blood up and I need to uh, drink a little water and we'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks. We're, we're talking about uh, House resolution. It's not a bill. So it's not HB. It's HR. 127 of the 117th Congress. We're dissecting this thing and chopping it up. By the way, this is live. Uh, if you're listening to it somewhere and you've got uh, an opinion you want to share, here's a couple of rules. Number one, we'd love to have you to call in. Um, we talk. We don't, you know, I may, I may get a little emotional, but, you know, we're not shouting at one another. Uh, no vulgarities allowed. Just don't do it. You can give us a call at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can email me, Darren at DarrenYancey.com, which, by the way, if you go to informationedge.net, you've got the same information there. If you want to follow me on social media, I am currently at DGYancey65, both on Twitter and Gab. I'm still keeping Twitter open for a while. Um, starting to make the move to Gab. I do have the Information Edge on Facebook. Not doing a whole lot there. You can find me if you're a LinkedIn person. It's Darren Yancey. So that covers all the social media that's fit to be print. Now, getting back to HR 127. And at this point, I hope I have your attention because this is a very, very serious bill that, as you can see, if you've applied for a license, you went through all this. The bottom line is, you know, people have mental illnesses from time to time. 
you know, you have people that go through depression. Maybe they didn't have proper medication. Now they're on proper medication. Well, does that include that because they were diagnosed with it, but they're now on it, they can't own a gun. You know, if someone was at their, you know, at their bottom of their jar, they've lost their job. They've lost their family. They've lost everything. And they, they thought about suicide. Maybe they even attempted suicide, but they got better. They got help. Does that mean that they shouldn't have a right? Look, I'm not talking convicted criminals here. I'm talking about people just go through rather, rather stuff. Now, I'm not talking about letting someone that's got a legitimate disease like dementia or Alzheimer's get possession of a gun. We don't want the mentally ill. But just because someone had a problem at one time doesn't mean you can go through. These are the basis of what you've seen in the red flag laws that started coming out here a couple of years ago, which are highly unconstitutional. And what the red flag laws have been is basically where you've got a, a, no, a nosy neighbor that maybe you have uh, made a little unhappy or for whatever reason, they just don't dig your vibe and they know you have guns. Well, they can go in the jurisdictions that allow it um, and say, hey, I think this person's uh, a, you know, uh, they're a danger to us. They, they've got guns. They're going to come out and kill somebody. All that stuff. Okay. First off, let's look at the facts of the hundred or more million that we know that we all come out and say that we own guns. Folks, if there was a real problem, there wouldn't be an America. Okay. Because we could come out and wipe out the rest of the country. It's not going to happen because we're law abiding citizens. We're not going to do that. We're going to have firearms to protect our home. In my case, if you come into my house under the wrong pretenses to try to harm me or my family or, or try to do something to us, you're going to end up in the fire pit with a load of lead. It's just that simple. And in the county I live in, in the state I live in, it's a well-known fact. Don't be stupid. Okay. The criminals are going to do all this stuff. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff is saying that, well, we've got all these, we've got all these killings with guns. Let me tell you something. We don't have that many statistically. And I know everybody says, well, every life lost is tragic. Yes, it is. But it's never going to be utopia on earth. Okay. We're going to have some ups and downs. And at the end of the day, you know what you cannot do? You cannot legislate evil. Let's say that again. You cannot legislate evil. There are some people that will pass every form of test that's out there. They'll pass everything. And I'm sorry. Lucifer is pulling their chains. You can't do anything to prevent that, folks. That's just the way it is here on the planet. But we don't have a lot of that, okay? And under the Trump administration, by the way, you had one of the lowest <laughs> lowest shooting sprees, public shooting sprees since basically we've been keeping track of it, going back to the Clinton administration. Hmm, I don't know if it was correlation. Some of this stuff is staged to drum things up, but that's just a fact. So those are some things to look at, but Let's get into some more of this bill. I talked about denial of license and we talked about those things. That should scare you right there. Then it talks about the authorization of the attorney general. And I see right now this falls under the ATF, okay, which really doesn't have a lot of politicization to it. The attorney general is someone that is appointed by the current president. The guy that's, that's the current AG, uh, Merrick Garland, he's a gun grabber. So if this were to go into effect, that's who gets it. So the attorney general may deny licenses to an individual if the psychological evaluation referred to indicates an individual has a chronic mental illness or disturbance, brain disease as referred, is addicted to a controlled substance. Obviously, you don't want crackheads 
or alcohol or has attempted to commit suicide, just telling you this, has prior psychological treatment or evaluation of the individual indicated that the individual engaged in a conduct that posed a danger to others. In other words, if you've hiccuped anywhere in your life, regardless of where you are in your improvement and treatment, getting your stuff together, they're going to deny you the right to self-defend with a gun. Folks, that's just wrong. Okay. I'm not talking about, we don't want to put things in, you know, uh, drug users. They're going to find an illegal way to do it, by the way, just, just so we're all on the same page. If you think this piece of legislation is actually going to make it safer, you're doing drugs. Okay. Let's get into what they call suspension of a license in general. A license under this subsection can be suspended for a one year at a quack, which means you probably got to go back and God knows what they're going to do. But, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you the best part. I forgot to tell you the best part. When you get your license, you now have to take out firearm insurance. (laughs) Firearm insurance. Okay. now let me tell you what firearm insurance is. First off. We rarely see it in Texas. You normally see it in states uh, that are democratically governed. And it's basically because they come after you if you actually use your gun like you have a legal right to do. And what firearm insurance is supposed to do is effectively pay for legal fees. And if for something and you did it in, you know, uh, you accidentally shot someone, pay for damages to the person. So the firearm insurance industry is all of a sudden going, they're going, yay, we want this because my God, we're going to sell loads of insurance. It's a farce. You've never had to have firearm insurance, but as part of this new license, you'll have to have it and you'll have to carry it. And if you don't, if you have a suspension, you'll get your license suspended. Wow. Isn't that fun? Okay. Now that's a suspension of the license, a revocation could be issued under this subsection to an individual who is or becomes prohibited by federal or state law from possessing a firearm is hereby revoked. Well, I guess that means you go to jail. Such an individual shall immediately return the license, surrender all firearms and ammunition owned or possessed by the individual to the attorney general. (laughs) Yeah, that one's going to happen. Then they get into expiration renewal, yada, yada, yada. The firearm insurance. I mean, dig this, okay? There's a fee. Oh, by the way, just so you know, if you think any of this is going to be free, okay? Oh, no. The fee to get your license is 800 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they also would define military-style weapons. Uh, any of the, the firearms, copies, or duplicates known as Narenko Mitchell Polytechnologies and Automatic Kalishnikovs, in other words, AKs, uh, Action Arms Israeli Mil- Military Industries Uzi and Gali, Beretta AR-70, Colt AR-15, uh, they got Fabrique National, their ARs, basically anything that has any type of automatic or semi-automatic they want. Revolving cylinder shotguns such as are similar to the Street Sweeper and Striker 12, a semi-automatic rifle that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of a folding or telestopping stock, pistol grip that protrudes, protrudes conspicuously, bayonet mount, flash suppressor, grenade launcher, semi-automatic pistol. 
In other words, basically what they're wanting to come through here is they're going to want to ban any form of weapon that is currently popular in the marketplace to defend yourself. Now, you need to think about that. What does that actually mean? So they're going to say these are going to be prohibited. Folks, this is a scary, scary bill, okay? And we've covered most of it. They've got penalties in here. Oh, dig this, dig this, okay? Um, if you knowingly violate this law, you could be fined not less than 75000 and not more than 150000 and in prison for not less than 15 years, but not more than 25. Oh, yeah. They want to put teeth into this, baby. Okay. They've got conforming amendments. I mean, the bottom line, this is just absolutely insane. Then they get into prohibition on possession of certain munitions. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to have those munitions follow the guns that they don't want you to have, okay? This is designed to take away every form of right that you currently enjoy, that you currently have the capacity to do because they don't want you to have it. And the reality is, folks, the reason they don't want you to have it is because if they can disarm you, then they can put forth an agenda that makes you absolutely dependent upon the state. Stop and think about this last summer, letting criminals loose while simultaneously trying to reduce police force, cutting off your ability to provide for yourself by shutting down businesses. What's the ultimate goal there? Come crawling on your hands and knees to the government and begging for their protection. And the only way that protection would be granted to you is if you were the type of citizen that they like. Folks, this is right out of uh, 1984. It's Orwellian. It's got to stop. And when we come back in the next segment, we're going to talk about how we can do some rollback because I got to tell you something. We've talked about some of the legal theories that are out there, some of the the Supreme Court, and we've got a good, I think, probably a, a, a solid Supreme Court. It doesn't need to become law. It doesn't need to get out of this committee. It needs to die in this committee. It doesn't need to go out of the committee. It certainly doesn't need to come up for a full house vote. And we certainly don't want to have to get to the stage where we're fighting it in the Senate. We just can't afford to have that. We'll go into that more when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. This is part of the Voice America Radio Network. Going to pay a few bills. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right. So we picked apart HR 127. So now the question is, and I guess I'm, I'm sure I've got you upset. And you're going, okay, Darren, what can we do about this? One thing you will find in rare fashion, am I going to sit something out there and not provide you with a solution? But the solution, I got to tell you, involves you. It involves you getting involved in the process of contacting people on these committees, making phone calls, sending emails, going to the members' websites, sending communications to there because that's how we get this stopped, okay? First off, you need to go to the House Judiciary Committee. Now, uh, I've got the link there on the site. You can just, you can, it's real simple to pull them up and it's got all of the members, okay, how to contact and you've got to go in on this bill and by name, you have to protest to each and every member of the House Committee on the Judiciary Committee and let them know this is unconstitutional, it's an erosion of powers, it's an invasion of privacy. Uh, They have no right to do any of this and it won't be recognized as law and it has to be done to every member. Now, unfortunately... That doesn't mean that could work. They may kick it out to the full house, and then you may have to do this to the house as well. Now, I've got resources for you to go through. Again, 
My site is a resource site, folks. If you're not using it, you need to be using it. If you go to the informationedge.net, go to government sites, go to congressional site links for the House, for example, I've got the entire directory for the U.S. House of Representatives right there. So you can contact everybody. If you want to know about the Senate, go drop down to the Senate. I've got the United States Senate because if this gets to the Senate, we're going to, you know, there's less calls, but you really don't want it to go that far. I don't know that we can stop it coming out of the House. Um, I do think it could be stopped in the Senate. We don't want this to go before President Biden because when it becomes law, it's, it's, it's just going to be ugly. And my concern is this type of legislation could be um, it, it could be it could be a spark on a on a very dry powder keg that's out there right now nationally that people might feel it's went too far and and you could really have bad things that come out of it. So it's our responsibility to take some initiative to do everything we can. Replay this podcast with your friends. Go to my blog site. Read all that stuff. Go through and get involved. Now before we wrap up for today and talk about next week's show, um, let's talk about one more piece. And I, I just. I couldn't believe when this came out last year and then was reintroduced. Marco Rubio, the Republican senator out of Florida, has reintroduced a law that would ban guns for anyone investigated under domestic terrorism. I guess H.R. 27 did not have enough violations. Now, look, I'm not talking about something that, hey, real people, did bad things. And by the way, if you go down, uh, I've got, if you go down into the blog, oh, but wait, there's more, there's Marco's gun ban. You can go there and you can read it yourself. See, the problem that you get into, and especially right now in a cancel culture, if, if you, if you were a supporter or are a supporter of President Trump, like I have been, um, you're considered a threat. That's fact. So what would it take for you to be investigated for domestic terrorism. I don't know. Somebody making enough calls to the right people on a certain committee, enough contacts to your police. I mean, there's a number of things that could go through and someone just opens a file and says, well, we, we, they're telling us they're domestic terrorism. They got to go check it out. Then they go check it out and kind of like the same problems with red flag laws. Well, they find out, well, there's nothing wrong with this person. Well, here's the problem. With uh, Uncle Rubio's little law here, you were investigated. Even though you were cleared, you were investigated. And because you're investigated, well, you couldn't own a gun anymore. You couldn't own ammunition. God knows what else they could do to you. The fact that a Republican standing senator had the lack of vision to put forth this in the first place Folks in Florida, you need to either sit down and have a heart-to-heart with this man or you need to find a replacement for him because this is not what conservatives are supposed to put forth in terms of legislation. Now, how do you get a hold of Senator Marco Rubio? That's pretty simple. You can uh, do an internet search on him. You can go to the Senate. Matter of fact, if you go to my site and you go to government sites, congressional site links, U.S. Senate, United States Senate, you can pull that. You will find the link to uh, Senator Rubio's office, and you need to call and basically wear his staff out. He needs to pull this legislation off the top of the desk 
and put it in the shredder because it is it's good for nothing. Just like HR 27, it's good for lining the bottom of bird cages and how to teach dogs how to defecate in the house until you can get them to go outside. That's all these bills are worth, but they're not going to know it unless you make the connection and make the discussion with them. They're going to just keep thinking, well, they could keep putting this stuff out all and all the time and go through. So these are bills that need your attention. Go to my website, informationedge.net. You've got the blog today that's got all the links that you can pull all this stuff up and read it. You've got the congressional links that you can go and contact these people and let them know. And folks, it takes your involvement, my involvement, everybody's involvement to make this happen. And by the way, you can stop the process. You can't stop the process. I'm telling you, if enough people uh, wear out their emails, uh, keep going to their site and, and, and leaving messages and their, and their staff just gets buried in phone calls. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It's when nobody responds. It's when nobody does anything. Well, they think, well, shoot, we just do what the heck we want. Ain't nobody. We're not accountable to anybody. But in reality, they are. So that's something we've got to talk about. All right, let's talk a little bit about next week's show. I'm going to have Mr. Joseph Papalerto on. He is a he's a transportation attorney. And as you know, we cover transportation and infrastructure on this podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about a subject that a lot of folks don't understand, uh, I think, in true depth, and it's called lawsuit financing. Lawsuit financing is not new. It's something that came out a few years back. It's kind of gained steam. And right now, it costs everybody in these wonderful United States of America about $2,500 to $3,000 a year in terms of increases in goods and services because of what the cost is for the lawsuits. We're going to have Joe on the show. We're going to go definitely deep into it, uh, what the challenges are, how they came about, and what can be done to solve it. Again, this is a solution-based show. If I bring out a problem, I'm going to bring out a solution. Now, sometimes the solution may sound the same over and over because if we're always talking about getting involved, that's okay. That's still a solution. Sometimes if I say I don't have a solution, I'm going to need your help but we've got those right now. So we're going to have him on. We're going to talk about what can be done because there, there needs to be action on lawsuit financing. Uh, it's, it's bankrupting industries. It's costing more and it's absolutely putting the American way of life in jeopardy right now because it's focused on the transportation industry. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up for today. This is Darren Yancey. You've been listening to the Information Edge podcast here on Voice America. We want you to keep coming back next week. You can catch me on Twitter, DGNC65, Gab, DGNC65. Catch me on Facebook at the Information Edge. You can always go to the website, informationedge.net. Those are connections are there, and you can email me. It's been a great day. I'm glad I brought this to you. Peace. We'll talk next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.